The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love Hi guys and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining me as always, we've got Fishing Rick. How are you, buddy? Yeah, great, mate. What about you? Pretty good. Pretty good. And guess what? What? <laughs> Tango's back. Oh, he's back. Go, yes. Tango. Tango is welcome back. Welcome return. So make no controversial comments. <laughs> and don't talk soccer or Tango is just going to squeal all night long. Yeah, it's very, very disappointing start to the Man United era. The, uh, well, welcome to Manchester did not work. <laughs> and back on the podcast for the first time in quite a long time is Don Draper. Hey guys, how are you? Good to have you back, buddy. It's a pleasure to be here. You guys have been doing a fantastic job this season. Oh, oh he can come back anytime, man. We like compliments. Yeah. yeah. Compliments <laughs> are great. And all right, well, let's get straight into it. Uh, love and hate. Rick, I'll start with you, mate. What's your love and hate? Well, I'm going to love the fact that we're in the finals for the second year in a row, and I understand that people are a bit disappointed that we're not secured in the top four, but as far as I'm concerned, we're most likely not going to finish lower than fifth or sixth, and uh, you know, I'm just over the moon. That's an improvement on last season. Uh, we're making progress, and we're making a nice, strong charge come finals. So, so that's my love, and I've got a, a two-pronged hate Today, I've been sitting here talking with Tango, and we've both decided that we uh, we hate cancer and motor neuron disease, and it's just not good. I'm very sad to read that story about um, uh, it's Neil Danaher, isn't it? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I just, but at the same time, I, th- I found it very uplifting um, his comments, and I'm going ad lib here, but um, his comment about uh, people diagnosed with motor neuron disease usually die in, uh, within 27 months. Um, but he, he's hoping to day by day and, and hopefully add some more runs to the scoreboard. So I just found that very uplifting to read such a positive comment from a, a man in his position. And my, my other football-related hate is the rumour that Melbourne's asking for a, a friggin' priority pick. And I'll be pissed as a Port supporter after how we had to go through hell and didn't get anything if they get a priority pick again. Well, well said, Tango. I would hope they don't get one, to be honest. I would have thought they've won more than enough games this year to justify not getting one. Donnie, what's your love and hate, mate? Rick, you've actually stolen both my love and my hate. Oh! But, <laughs> Sick man. Um, but I'm sure I can come up with, with others. Um, I just, I'm playing finals again. I think um, it does need to be acknowledged that it is another fantastic achievement by a very young playing group, and our coaches and playing staff deserve all the credit for, for making the finals two years um, back-to-back because 2011, 2012 was still pretty fresh in my memory, and um, it's just great to be back there again. I mean, we all knew from pretty early on this year that we were pretty sure we'd make the finals, um, but it's still great to finally lock, lock that in. But... Um, I'll go for a different love then. I'll go for my favourite player in the AFL, in Robbie Gray. He has just been so fantastic the past month, even the past season, yeah. And on um, Saturday, 
just his his clearance work, like he's now officially an elite midfielder. I don't think there's any real doubt about that. He's just been fantastic and Hopefully, um, I think the AFL Coaches Award votes come out tomorrow and hopefully he gets another 10. Um, and with Fife missing the last two games and Josh Kennedy injured, he's a good chance to win it. So, um, good luck to him. He's a big how, chance. Um, Got to love Robbie. How clean is his picking up of the ground these days, of the ball? Incredible. It's just amazing. It is incredible. And he hardly, and he hardly fumbles when, he, uh, when he's in that position. It's just so clean and, and crisp. It's just a, uh, yeah, it's... In football terms, it's beautiful to watch. You know, we always knew that he had, um, we had this sort of in him. It was just always sort of injuries and, and getting his body right. Um, that was going to be the, the main factor, I think. Um, and he's done that this year. And look, he's a big chance for the Brownlow as well. Yeah, I was going to touch on that too. He has to be a big smokey because, well, I think a lot would depend on how he goes. Like, I thought he was best on ground against Sydney. Right, with 37 touches, 12 clearances, I think he had. But he could get one vote there when I think he yeah. probably should 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 get get three. So I think a lot will depend on that. Um, I don't know. The Brown is a funny one. It's hard, hard to pick. I mean, they're saying today they reckon. I mean, Dyson Helpel and Jordan Lewis could be Smokies there. So I think it's going to be a really interesting Brownlow this year. Um, what I love just on Gray, when he reads the tap off Lobie's um, ruck work, he just seems to just find. There can be three players around him, but he's like the world just slowly like revolves. Like he's just yeah. has so much time to make decisions, and he just he's just never like panicked. It's just yeah, just great to watch. He's a very rare player in that regard. I think. Yeah, he's got that Pendlebury sort of skill of. Took the making... words right out of my in my mouth. Yeah, but every yeah. young midfielder today seems to be compared to Scott Pendlebury. So true. Very I true. Didn't, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't didn't want to say Pendlebury, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your hate this week? Um, well, it was Melbourne asking for a draft pick. That's all right, Rick. Um, I'm going to go with, um, it's a bit an odd one. Um, just Collingwood on the weekend, just watching them play Brisbane and losing Pendlebury before the game. And I think Elliot, and then having Cloak, Beams and Reed go, go down and how poor they've been. Yet the week that we played them all these weeks ago, we get viral meningitis and half our team has gastro. Yeah, it's just it it just shits me, and it no, it's a bit unrelated, but it just bugged me. And that that was their grand final against us, and they've been pathetic ever since. So yep, uh, my love this week is it's got to be Hammer's form this year. I mean, he's just gone up another level again this year. He had a, a pretty good year last year, still a little bit inconsistent, but I think he's really worked on his game this year and turned those sort of really poor games that he had last year. Um, and raised the bar, raised the floor of his game um, this year. And he, he rarely plays a bad game anymore. Um, he's someone that I've been pretty critical of over the last sort of two or three seasons. But, you know, he's been in fantastic form this year. And, you know, he's well on track to becoming up there with Boak and Gray as our, our best midfielders, I would think. Yeah, Definitely, it's yeah. a good call. Good call, Macca. I, I actually noticed that against the Gold Coast. And me and you have probably both been very critical of him at times. And yeah. uh, only because we have high expectations, but to me, I think I've noticed over the last probably six to eight weeks, he's really starting to string that consistency along yeah. and uh, and his hardness at the contest as well now. He's uh, he's putting his body on the line on multiple occasions every game, so I think he's now starting to get real um, confidence in his body and uh, I think 2015 might be watch out for Hamish. Absolutely. And my hate this week is the hate for our win on the weekend on the forums. Um, 
you know, just a lot of doomsdays out there. I, I thought it was a really good, tough, hard win under terrible <laughs> conditions. And everyone complains that we should have won by 10 goals. I mean, I just don't think it was ever going to happen that way in those conditions. And especially with Gold Coast parking the bus and having, you know, three quarters of their side parked inside our defensive 50. It was always going to be very, very hard to, to kick goals. Um, I thought we controlled the play pretty much all day. Um, and it was inevitable that we were going to win. Um, sure, we could have won by more and, and probably should have won by more. Um, but look, I'll take that. I'll take a nine-point win over the Gold Coast away in horrible conditions. Yeah, so would I. I guess, I guess it's when it's like really, really tight at the end there and you feel like statistically we're winning every single major category and you get that sinking feeling that they... I mean, they got within three points, you know. It could have been... <laughs> it could have been very, very bad there. Really one of the worst loss losses ever. So I, I can kind of see both sides, but yeah. Well, it's just... Honestly, a win's a win. And I mean, look, if that was dry and we, we won by nine points, yeah, fair enough, I'd be overly critical. But I mean, you know what? They, they congested the forward line, which we're probably going to talk to anyway in a, in a sec, but... You know, I'd rather still kick long to a congested forward line in those conditions than start to chip it and handball it around and over-possess it in the midfield, yeah. which would have been dire, diabolical even, if we started playing that sort of gameplay. Well, look, let's, uh, let's jump to our <laughs> AFL review. Um, obviously, we played... Gold Coast at Metricon Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Um, it was bucketing down with rain for most of the game. And we won seven goals, 14 to seven goals, five. It was a nine-point victory. It certainly wasn't pretty. Um, there were no multiple goal scorers uh, for Port Adelaide this week. Um, although Schultze, Westhoff got one as well. Um, Hammer and Gray. Hey, 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 hey. What? Westy just didn't get one. He I got mean... the goal of the century. That's what he got. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, you EPL boys. What sort of goal was that? I'm that was surprised you yeah, actually liked that, Rick. Yeah, given your hate of the round ball game, it was a great goal. No, no I'm that just was going a that was that. a Rude Van Nistelrooy special. <laughs> <laughs> that was a master tap in. It was fantastic. What I was really happy with um and on the game uh, was our effort. Like, and I thought that really translated over from the Swans game. Um, like I, I thought against Sydney we were really good in terms of our just cracking you know, the skills that, that cost us. And on Saturday, I didn't know how we'd approach it. Obviously, playing in front of 50,000 on a Saturday night against Sydney, you kind of get up for it. Playing in front of, I think there was 10,000 there on Saturday um, in terrible conditions. The players mentally might not have been there, but I thought we were. I thought that our effort for the whole game was really good. I mean, we started pretty slowly, um, but I think it was Ford on Big 40 said the players were a bit taken back by the late omissions of Gussie and Jacko. I don't think they really knew what was going on with with, with, with Gus. That's a bit understandable, I guess. But um, I feel if if we had got the jump on them, the game would have been completely different. But because they kicked the first two goals in a day where there weren't going to be many goals kicked, we were always going to be behind the eight ball. So that's, I guess, what I was a bit um, frustrated with, was that we had to work so hard just to get back on level pegging. Yeah, we, we we didn't hit the lead till the third quarter, and I just think if we hit the lead earlier, it might have opened them up a bit more to try and take us on, and then it could have been a much different game. But it's hard to really gauge from those conditions. I think Hinkley pretty much said that after after the game. 
You're right. I thought we really controlled our midfield. You know, they just dominated. Lobie was an absolute monster in the ruck, uh, playing against a, a pretty young ruckman in Gorringe. Um, he really controlled the pace of the game and really fed our med- midfielders really well. Um, going by the stats, you know, we just peppered the uh, the forward 50. Um, we controlled the back line really well, um, despite the fact that uh, Gold Coast decided to put most of their team in our defensive 50. I thought... It was a really good decision to keep ours um, in position. Um, so our half-back line just did a monster job. You know, um, O'Shea was fantastic. Uh, Brody was fantastic, as was Jonas as well. Um, and they really controlled the pace of the game, I thought. And it was just, um, for me, it was just a matter of time before we hit the front again. Um, you know, a lot of those shots on goal in the in the second quarter were just sort of snaps around the body and, you know, they just missed and all that sort of stuff. And I think I commented at half-time on the forum that, you know, uh, marks inside 50 are going to be really crucial in the second half. And if we can get a few of them, um, that'll go a really long way on, on helping us win. Um, and I thought we were pretty lucky in that we got, uh, I think it was four marks inside 50 in the second half and we scored goals from all of them. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. I think that's the thing that I'm really um, impressed with at the moment and I was highlighted against the Sydney game is our defensive six. Um, you know, and Jackson really wasn't in there for a lot of the Sydney game, and then obviously he didn't play on uh, for the Gold Coast. But you know how um, uh, such a key figure in our team game plan has been uh, missing, and and the boys are really starting to stand up. And Tom Jonas is taking his game back to another level since Alipati's come back as well. Um, and for me, it's the defensive grouping that's um, really uh, the shining light for us. And and now the midfield's getting back to their consistent levels of which we knew. So we and I even I even thought the forward pressure um, from our forward six was also an improvement as well. Uh, we probably still fell over with our delivery in fo- in the forward lines, and I know that's where people have been overly critical, and I can understand that. And uh, that's where we're still needing to uh, to probably just put the icing on the cake, as far as I'm concerned. Wasn't Jonas fantastic in that last quarter? He was. Absolutely. He seemed to be absolutely everywhere, and I mean, we all love TJ, but uh, I think he's dropped off a bit in recent weeks. So it was good to have him back to to his to his best. Just a general hardness. I mean, those those conditions, he would have loved it. I reckon. Yeah, that's <laughs> the best. Throwing, game he's throwing his body around. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, I, it just seemed the first ten minutes of the last quarter, he was a real leader for us. You know, he was just getting to everything, marking everything. Yeah, it was fantastic to to see. Yep. Well, he seems, seems to be playing natural football again, whereas he's he went through through a four- to six-week patch there where he, he seemed to be really thinking about what he was doing before he was doing it, and, and now he's just gone back to just doing what he does. So, um, you know, maybe with Trangove and Alipati out, it sort of exposed him and he, he had to overthink what he was doing. But um, absolutely, uh, just playing his natural game, and, you know, that's that's the key for us, and he's going to be a fantastic player in future years. But... Uh, and hopefully he's going to be very instrumental this year. Yeah. I think the omissions of Trengove and Carlisle, even if his form did drop off, I think in the long run he's, he's going to be better for it, you know? He's probably learned a lot more about his own game mm. and uh, will probably grow in, in confidence from that. Yeah. I mean, if he plays like he did against Gold Coast for the rest of the year, we'll be pretty pretty bloody happy. So, so you think we got a bit of a free kick with Dixon getting off injured um, uh, pretty early on in the piece? Especially Absolutely. with Trangove out, um, I was a little bit worried that their three tolls were were going to have a bit of a bit of a free hit there. Yeah, it probably was a bit a bit, a bit fortunate. Um, I think in the in that in those conditions though, like 
like um, having having their players go down is probably not as big a loss as it is on a dry day because it's just like it's just a, a log jam, you know. I mean, I guess you'd probably be knackered afterwards, but during the game, it's probably not as effect as um, ineffective against like a fast fast track. So yeah, I know what you're saying. It'd be interesting to have the data on the GPS figures from a day like Saturday compared to a, a dry chat track mm. to see how much more or less running there is on that sort of day. But, you know, it's usually kick to a contest stoppage, kick to a contest stoppage. There's not not that repeat gut running. I guess that's what you'd be alluding to there. Yeah. yeah. When you think about how much um, rock work Matt Lobie did on Saturday, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. Like, he had a really great game for us. He did. Yeah, he would be awesome. knackered after that. <laughs> yeah, well, Macca, you would have been happy. Sixteen disposals, dominated the hitouts, twelve tackles, and I mean that's what you and me have been crying out for: more influence with possessions during the game. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, I thought he really. I thought that was just about his best game for the season. Mm. Um, you know, the quality of opponent is probably questionable. He's probably had. Um, sort of lesser figures, but better output against better opponents throughout the year. But, you know, he dominated the way that the game was played. So, so good on him there. Um, Jared Polek, where's he at? Um, you know, he's had a pretty good season, but still obviously a lot of work to do uh, with his consistency. His assist to Matt White was fantastic, but he just didn't get enough of the ball on the weekend. Certainly wasn't a day that suited him, but um, his general last five, six weeks has been really poor. I still have faith in Jared. I think he can. Um, I think he's the kind of player that can really hurt a side with not that many touches. Like yeah. his, um, as we as he I think he had four on the weekend, didn't he? And he got a goal assist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would actually like to see him as sub on Friday. You know, I think just. I think that might just um, give him a bit spark of a reminder, a sparking off a bit, yeah, and then um, come on at at the end and try and carve up up Carlton. But no, yeah. he's, he's too influential, I think, to uh, to play as a sub. I, I think it need to need to be weather permitting. Um, you know, if it's sort of maybe uh, really dewy like the uh, uh, the Essendon game, yeah, it might be worth a, a thought. Um, you know, if it's a dryish night like the Sydney game before it started raining. What I'm saying is there wasn't much due with the Sydney game, um, so it wasn't as slippery. Well, then I think you sort of got to leave him in because he commands a, a, a strong play to play against him. No one's going to let him run free now, and uh, he's very influential when he's got the ball. So um, I don't know if we've got a player that's going to replace him with that much impact um, in the reserves at this point in time. So uh i'd be uh i'd more be inclined to to keep Aaron young in who i think was serviceable in those uh conditions but coming off his uh, foot injury if he holds his place i think he'd probably be the natural sub for this week as well i'd imagine yeah. uh travis boke the captain how did we see his game uh, there was a few people that were reasonably critical of his performance on the weekend but I thought he had an absolutely fantastic game. He certainly didn't get the quantity of ball um, and had a pretty hard time on the outside, but I thought his inside work was uh, was phenomenal. Yeah, it was. He was always a, so always seemed to be at the bottom off a, off a pass. I mean, he didn't get that good numbers, and I think that glaringly bad holding, holding the ball call when he tried to take the plays on just, just got blindsided and, and tackled. Is that for standing out in people's minds? But I thought I thought Trav was all right. Like 
you know, he wasn't fantastic. He wasn't just, he certainly wasn't terrible though. So we've Hopefully. got two we've got two brain trusts of the big footy boards on here in in Macca and uh, Don Draper and everyone's critical of our forward line in our forward structure. How could we have um, played our forward line uh, more efficiently on Saturday to have maybe netted those extra four or five goals that people were looking for? My main issue on Saturday probably wasn't with our forwards. Our forward structure annoyed me in the first. I think there was a, a bit of play in the first quarter where um, we went forward and there was no one in our forward line, and that annoyed me. <laughs> um, but it was more so our kicking for goal. And, and I know they're, they're tough conditions, but I think we're going to move the ball in quicker. Like there was a Schultz's goal was a perfect example where we moved the ball quickly. And Youngie just went in and Schultz, I think he was only one out. So yeah. he was only one out probably two or three times in the whole game. So it is hard when, as you said, Maka, when they just have three to four loose back, what can you really do? You know, you got to try and pinpoint a ball in, in atrocious conditions. So, but we still had the as, score um, shots. Yeah. As El Scorcho said on the forum, I think there's not really much he can really take out of this game because A, it was really, really wet and B, the opposition really didn't give themselves a great chance of winning. I thought Gold Coast played to not lose on the weekend as opposed to playing to win. Um, I thought they had a, a good chance to win the game. You know, they got off to a good start, but then just parked the bus in our defensive half of the ground. And, you know, it just wasn't a, a great way to try and win yourself a game of footy, I don't think. And I don't really think you can take anything out of our forward structure on the weekend because we were leaving players forward. Um and we really didn't have any other choice but to do that because they had, you know, seven or eight people in our defensive 50. Yeah. Mm. There's not much you can really take out of that game, I don't think. That's what, what I was saying Andrew Moore in the forward line? I like Andrew Moore in the forward line. Yeah. I thought he was really shaky yeah. early. I think um, something that you notice at SANFL level is just how sure he is with the ball in his hands. And as we were saying before, you know, it looks like he's got, um, so much time with the bowl, but when he comes up to AFL level, I think he sort of frets a little bit and gets rid of the bowl a bit too quickly than uh, than what he really needs to do. Um, yeah. I don't think he... I think he thinks that he doesn't have the time to dispose of it when he actually does. But that comes cool. with confidence. It does come with confidence, and it will come with more game time with Andrew Moore. Yeah. He's, he's been out of the AFL system most of the year. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I was re, I was pretty happy with his second half. I, at halftime, I was thinking, God, he's struggling. But you know, he had a really, really good second half. He did look oh, like he, he was short of a gallop, though. He did. He looked a little bit slower than most. Yeah. Is he playing the forward line? Do you reckon to get a bit more fitness, so he can um, just slowly work back into being an AFL midfielder full full time, or do you think it's a tactical thing? Just having him. He's a bigger, bigger. Bodied, bodied play, you know, so he'd be a difficult matchup. I think it was just simply Monfries went out, so Moore took his role in the team this week because the last two weeks he has been playing pretty much predominantly as a midfielder. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, really right. like Jake Needs last, last two games too. I think he, um, I thought he was good on Saturday, and um, I reckon he could be a bit of a finals wildcard for us, you know. He's a pretty dangerous, expo- explosive player. Um, but what I really love about Jake Need is just he's always smiling. He reminds me of, of Dwight York a, a, a bit, and he's always just so happy. Yeah. His love of footy is just infectious. Like, um, 
I'd rather us not go to him as a target man, which seems to be the option at times on Saturday. It was infuriating. But um, if he can get, if he can position himself better to to crumb at Schultz and Westhoff, he's gonna, he's going to be fantastic. Yeah, he seems to be uh, full of confidence at the moment. And although he didn't have a scoring shot on the weekend, I thought he played a really good game in that forward fifty. Um, yeah. Really helped to get things going, and I think. Not that I've got the figures, but I think if you were to look at his uh, sort of score involvements, it would have been pretty high. Yeah. He keeps yeah, his spot for, for, for Friday, right, surely? Absolutely. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. He's playing with the confidence that he started 2013 with. Yeah. And then, and he was and then, after, and then after about seven or eight games, it sort of disappeared, I don't know, through <laughs> fatigue or whatever. But he seems to have come back in with that confidence. You can see he's a lot stronger around his neck and his shoulders now. So uh, he's physically a bit more uh, stronger than last year. He's still laying those tackles against the big boys like he did last year. And, you know, he's a fantastic tackler for us. And uh, and you could see, I noticed in the, I think it was the third quarter, uh, when I think we'll kick, that's when we'll kick him to the right of screen. Uh, you know, he was having the confidence to tell Westhoff where to position himself in the forward line. Um, you know, and so obviously he's come into the side uh, believing in himself and having the confidence to actually communicate and, and, and talk strategy with his teammates. So uh, I think it would be full, foolish to, uh, to be dropping him out of the side with the, the first two games he's played since coming back. Yeah. No, you just never know sometimes what the coach is going to do, especially with, with uh, Gussie coming back in on Friday. Well, I think Gussie will come back in on Friday. I would really hope Jake, Jackie stays, but um, yeah. I don't, to be honest. I mean, this is for Thursday, I guess, but I'd be hoping that maybe Angus comes through the uh, the Magnus and, and really gets some confidence in his body. I mean, he's a tw- first-team 22 player, no doubt, but I, f- I really feel like he needs to get a bit of confidence in his body again. I'd still like to see Gus's sub this week if he yeah. comes back in. Yeah, yeah it's a good yeah. Now, Chatty Wingard, he kicks the sealer on the weekend. He looked pretty excited about that. Is that the spark that he needs to get back to clutch wing god level of dominance? Absolutely. I was a bit annoyed at his celebration. <laughs> Steady on, Don. I thought he had a bad game. I thought he had a bad, bad game. And I was very happy he kicked it and I knew he would kick it. But it, I didn't, I don't know. When, I, when he first did, I thought it was a bit of a look at me. And I said, Chad, pull your head and you've done nothing today. But. Um, that's just me. I, I have very high standards for, for, for you'd, Chad. You'd be happy, uh, Don. I went out shopping at Spotlight today for you and got some uh, new needles for you. I upgraded your size 12 knitting needles to size 14. <laughs> I'll, be sending, I'll be sending those in the post here with your apricot slices uh, tomorrow. All right? I just like, like my players friend. actually can, yes. can, can, can test. No, no, no that, that, that's fair enough. I just, I just like my players to actually contest, and I thought Chad was pretty soft in the last quarter. Oh, overall, I thought he was more. I thought he was competitive with his forward pressure, um, you know. And uh, I mean, the other one was people criticising Andrew Moore going up bumping the Gold Coast player. You know, boys got to have a bit of competitive spirit about him and uh, and sort oh, of celebrate. Uh, was it game. Trent McKenzie? Pardon? Was it Trent McKenzie and yeah, and Moore? They they had, they had something going on all game. It seemed. Yeah, they were uh, they were bustling each other in. Pretty much all game. Yeah. So good on him for getting in his face, I reckon. Yeah, that's right. We want a bit of mongrel. We want a bit of spunk in our players. And uh, you know what? If I, if commentators, good old Robert Walls, bless his heart, or uh, 
other team supporters don't like it, well then we must be doing well on the footy field again. Bring back all. the bow. That's I'm all for. Bring I must say, I'm all bow. for arrogant Chad, but I'd like him to uh to kick maybe three or four before when he starts to get really arrogant. That that's when I love love Chad. I want to say I just all thought, of our I just players bow game. after every single goal for the rest of the year. <laughs> that's what I want to see. As long as we're goals <laughs> up. Well, maybe they should all do a Troy, a Troy Chaplin. Every goal, buddy, pull the uh, logo on their on their jersey. That's it. No? The, uh, There's one last can of worms that I want to bring up, and I okay. I know you said that he had a, a good game, Macca, but there's one thing that's starting to irk me a little bit is Cam O'Shea's one-arm tackles. Um, he got yes. no tackles against Sydney, and he only had one tackle on the weekend, and I reckon it was dubious if it was even that, a tackle. But he just seems to fling out that one arm at an opponent and, and just really make sort of a half-assed effort at um, tackling. And he, uh, he's really got to ramp up his defensive pressure there, in my opinion, and get a bit stronger yep. with the tackles. Yeah, that's and, a good call. And probably also, I reckon he, he overhandles it a little bit too much and there's a lot of opportunities where he could probably just run and kick the ball where he's, he's trying to look for that little one one touch give handball, which uh, not as um, well, I'll spit it out, isn't always to the receiving player's advantage. Yep. No, that's a fair call. Yep, he definitely needs to work on his tackling. He's probably the worst tackler in our team, if not the entire squad. And he's got a he's got the body to be a good tackler. He does, and and I don't think it's a a softness issue because he always backs back into packs. He's prepared yeah. to cop the hit. Um, I think it's just his technique is just off and it needs a lot of work. Simple as that. I agree. Josh Cardwell to uh, train him. <laughs> Get in. Well, who were your best players? Donnie, I'll start with you, mate. Um, my best players were, uh, I had Robbie Gray, best on. I said it earlier, I think it was just absolutely fantastic. Should get the three Brownlow votes. Um, and then uh, Matt Loby was brilliant. Um, I know we talked about it earlier, but his rock work all day, and there was so many stoppages, was just fantastic, you know. Um, third best, I had Tom Jones. Yep. Um, no, sorry, I had Hamish, Hamish Hartlett. Um, Hammers last month, yeah, he's been really good. Um, I want him to go for more goals, though. That's my only issue on Hammer. A few times in the first quarter, he, he looked to square it up to the top of the square, and I'm that was an instruction, but uh, he can he can he can dub goals from anywhere, so we should give him license to to shoot. Um, Tom Jonas uh, had a great game and looks better, looks back to his best. And uh, last I think I had Justin Westoff, who I thought was um, very very serviceable nice. all game, kicked that great goal, and uh, just gave us a bit more stability around the ground when he was uh, floating back. Yep, good stuff, Rick. Yeah, the top three I thought were pretty clear. I had Hamish Hartlett. As best on ground, I, uh, I thought his uh, game was fantastic and hard and, and very influential. Uh, closely followed by Robbie Gray. Um, you know, you could probably interchange those two quite easily. Um, Matt Loby, he did everything that I've been crying out for him to do, uh, influencing around the ground. Uh, you know, his ruck work, he's really stepped it up the last two weeks, uh, which is what we need. And then it's, uh, you know, there's a whole host of players that could be fourth and fifth. I'll probably give... Uh, Jakey Need, two points. I thought his game was fantastic. It's not always about the number of possessions uh, uh, a player gets. And uh, I like Tom Jonas for, for one point as well. 
nice like that. Uh, for me, it was Hammer best on ground. Um, he was the clear, clear best in my opinion. Uh, 24 touches and a goal. Um, just dominated on the outside and, and got a lot of the inside ball as well. Uh, Robbie Gray, next best on ground, 26 touches and a goal. Nine clearances, 11 inside 50s. Just what a master he's been this year. Um, Matty Loby, third best for dominating the ruck. Uh, Tommy Jonas, fourth best. Um, big shout out to the defenders this week. I thought they did a fantastic job. And uh, Travis Boak was my fifth best, solely because of his clearance work um, and his work inside the packs. Um, which I thought was a, a fantastic display as well. And a bit of an honor, honourable mention to Matty Broadbent, who hasn't been mentioned yet this podcast, but I thought he had a fantastic game as well. He did, yeah, Brody. The Ra. The Ra. What about Pittard, uh, Rick? What, what were your thoughts? I thought Pittard was all right. I mean, he, I hmm. think he coughed up one or two, but um, well, everyone's going to cough up balls in those, those conditions. It's inevitable, but... You know, you, you can't question his uh, hardness at the player and at the ball. And, uh, you know, it was it was an okay game. I don't think it was anything that uh, uh, you're going to put on your, your best of career tape or anything. But, you know, he did enough. And I guess we should also quickly mention to Mac, uh, uh, for the people that do listen in, is the, um, uh, the Virgin uh, competition with the players. I don't know the, the pure title for it, but I, I think uh, reading from what Ford posted up, there's uh, 30 uh, business or first-class tickets up for grabs for the uh, for the AFL players, which would, be, would almost cover our whole squad flying to uh, Dubai in comfort. So uh, I did put it on the Big Footy uh, Power Facebook page, and I know Ford's put the link up on the, the Big Footy forum as well. So it needs everyone to get out there and... Uh, uh, share the posts on Facebook or like it and and uh, share the loving to, to get more points for uh, for our club to try and uh, to win that competition. Let's jump to our SANFL review. Port played uh, the old show, uh, Nord at Albert and Oval on Sunday. Um, and we came away with a nine-point victory. Another nine-point victory this week. Um, we won nine goals, six to six goals, 15. Um, to just about lock in the minor premiership, it'll take a bit of a miracle um, from Sturt, uh, I think, to get above us now. Um, Nathan Cracker and Robbie Young kicked two goals each. Um, it was a pretty good win for the Maggies. Oh, let's, uh, let's go straight to the, uh, the uh, tango in the robes. John Butcher at full back. Yeah, and What's then he going played on a centre halfback. It's a a good uh, good point of difference, I think. And apparently he did a, a fairly reasonable job. He gave away a few free kicks, but um, defensively wasn't too bad. Is this a Is sign it's... for the for the future? Trang over the forward line, butcher at centre half back. I would like that. <laughs> mm, I do. Like... I'm not too sure. Yeah, no. Nah. I do like I do like that idea. The only thing I don't like about Trango in the forward line. He doesn't look like he's the best set shot for goal, and we've got enough wonky uh, uh, kicks on goal there. But I love his aggression and his marking um, target ability. So I do like that aspect of his game. And if uh, and we do need another tall defender, so maybe uh, Butch can fill that void. Could be. Yeah, I mean, he'd be reasonable backup, I guess. And you just got to see how he goes for the rest of the year and... Um... You know whether they're going to play him back there for the rest of the season or not. Um, I think Hocking said he played him there just to uh, help him get his fitness up um, after his meningitis. 
Well, I like, yeah. I like what Ford pointed out, though, you know, no different to, say, maybe a Roger Delaney, who uh, I don't know if he'll yeah. be able to kick as well as Roger Delaney, but, um, you know, moving from forward to defence and, you know, our club and a lot, a lot of clubs have a history of converting <laughs> players. I mean, Anthony Ingerson was another one. When you think about him, you know, he was yeah. uh, you know, an average forward. It became a very, very serviceable defender. So... And, and Johnny Butcher does have that defensive aspect of his game and fast closing down speed, so there, there could be something in it. You never know. You never know. The other match-winning move, I thought, was uh, Slattery uh, going on to Matty Panos um, in the second quarter. Really shut him out of the game. He had 11 touches in the first quarter, Panos. Um, I thought that was a, a really key move um, because he's been one of the best midfielders in the league this year, and you know I thought that really helped us in... In what was uh, what turned out to be the match-winning second quarter, where we kicked four goals, two to three behinds. Jarman Impey, eight touches. Is that is that correct? Uh, yep, that looks correct. Yep, that's yeah, very, yeah. very, very. That's that's very poor. <laughs> uh, I don't think you. I don't think you can go that. by that. Nah, nah. Yeah. If, you, if you haven't kept, seen the he video, played on Simon Phillips and kept in goalless, so he had a oh, very good game. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm. Yep. Just so. on um, Jarman, um, he also did a great job on. Aiden Valentine, when we played uh, Fremantle, do you think he'll come back in for the Freer game to, to, do, th- to do that job? I think we'll see him in the finals, yeah. I think he'll come yeah. back in. Um, who goes out, I'm not too sure. Um, uh, we know we know who would go out for Jarman. What, Pittard? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, he's the first one selected. No, no captain... No, Captain Trav. Jasper's the first one on the whiteboard. We, we all know that. Talk about Tommy Logan. He'll probably have to make way for Jarman, I would imagine. Nah, but I would have thought Trengove would come back in for, for Logan, Logan, yeah. Nah, nah. Trengove will uh, come in for somebody else. Okay. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, the other one that I thought was pretty good was Mitch Harvey, who, who had a really good battle against Boulderstone in the ruck. Boulderstone, um, I think, killed us in round one. Um, and whilst he had a lot of the bowl, I thought uh, I thought Harvey did a great job in the actual ruck work, which is an area where we've really struggled this year. Yeah, I'm a big fan of off um, Harvey. I'd really like, I really can't wait to see him go next year under another big preseason. See if he can. I mean, he could be the answer, really. You know, he could really come in and uh, play as a other tall forward, help chop out Loby in the in the ruck. So. Any uh, positive Mitch Harvey news is 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 good. Yep. You're not you're not labelling him the future, are you? No, I wouldn't dare make that mistake twice. The potential. <laughs> the, the potential. The, potential, yeah. the recruit. <laughs> the ranger. The ranger. Bring in the ranger. Cool. 2015 is going to be very exciting, I think, boys. We've got. It is absolutely. And it's. Uh, uh, for both teams, and uh, I think this is where a lot of people have just got a little bit ahead of themselves with our expectations on the side. But when you think of all these young boys um, uh, developing, uh, you know, so you got Jarman Impey in his first year, he's going to be fitter and stronger. You know, Jakey Need will be into his third year. Uh, Mitch Harvey in second year. Shaw, third year, should be coming on, hoping for great things from Butcher. And then you got... Chad, who will be, what, 21, going 22 in his fourth year. Ollie Wines into his third. You know, it's um, it's going to be very exciting. There's still a lot of development in a lot of these players, and I think we're forgetting that as supporters, and we're just getting too carried away with 
um, you know, our expectations of 2014 not being fulfilled, and I think 2015 is going to be very exciting. Yeah, and that's it, not even including guys like uh, Carl Amon, Daniel Flynn, Tommy Cleary, who have a lot of potential um, and could add a lot to our side as well. Even Brendan Archie to add to that list too. We're fighting with um, Frio for fourth and uh, potentially North Melbourne for six if we're atrocious. Um, but uh, the cold hard facts are that if Frio play true to form and beat Brisbane and we play true to form and beat Carlton, we're probably going to be about 4 or 5% in the game behind Frio coming into the last game of the year. Is it possible that we'd probably beat Frio by maybe, what, 50 points? Uh, yeah, to... I, I don't think it'll be that much, will it? I don't really? think we need to win by 50 points. Yeah. I'm just, I think I'm just if, guessing. If the percents here. stay as they are right now, um, uh, I think a five-goal win will do it. You know, a four-goal win will do it. So we don't need to win by that much. We just need to win, basically. But the also... comes in is how we go against Carlton and the fact that Frio are playing against Brisbane, who, despite their win on the weekend, are a pretty ordinary team, um, as we saw the week before when they lost by 100 points. So if Frio have a huge win um, and we either lose against Carlton or, or just scrape over the line, well, obviously, if we lose against Carlton, we're out of top four. But if we just scrape over the line against Carlton and they have a big win, then it would take something pretty special uh, to get into top four from there. Nate Fife. I thought that all along, yeah. But with with uh, I mean, Fife's gone for two weeks. Do you reckon they'll um, try and challenge that to get it down to one, or they'll just leave him at, at two? Nah, they'd have to challenge surely, because it looked uh, he looked a bit unlucky in a way, and sort of just sort of slipped up over Lewis's shoulder, and uh, yeah. but He's hopefully got a bad it's two record, weeks. Though, so. He's got a bad record. Too. I think it's a risk you can take. Um, you know, if he does risk get off, and he three, comes yeah. up. Yeah, I mean, if he does get off and gets uh, downgraded to one week, then, you know, that would be fantastic for them. Yeah, well, there's no penalty challenging, so no. it'll be worth – it's worth giving it a go. But, um, yeah, so look, who, do you, who do you think our opponent's going to be in the first week? Do you think it'll be the Crows? Do you think it'll be Richmond or maybe West Coast? I think West Coast. They've, I got, the, uh, they've got the easier run, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I think that Crows... – Percentage will, will get him there, yeah. Just I think on that Sunday, you got Adelaide St Kilda, West Coast, Gold Coast, and that could just be both sides having an absolute shootout to try and yeah. outdo each other. Yeah. But I mean, how lucky are the Crows? North Melbourne going to lose Daniel Wells and, and Boomer Harvey. Mm. I'll tell you what, I, I, I'd hope, I hope they rub him out for six weeks so we don't have to come again, up against North <laughs> Melbourne and Boomer Harvey because he kills us. But I guess, well, I guess we, if Adelaide win, then they're in. Simple as that. If they yeah. this week, they're in. Because they're not going to lose to St Kilda in the last round. Well, they, yeah. could they jump to seventh if they win against North Melbourne? Could they finish maybe seventh on the ladder? Oh, it's definitely possible, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Essendon, Essendon, Essendon played Carlton. Carlton would love to knock them. Yeah, down that's peg, what I was so, thinking, yeah. yeah. Mm. And they also play the Suns. Um, so, I mean, the Suns might still think that there's still a chance for the finals and will want to uh, give them a, a bit of a red-hot crack as well. Hmm. It's definitely an interesting season in terms of the finals. What about Richmond? Anything could happen. I reckon Richmond. Could, I, I reckon Richmond could uh, could pull a surprise in the last game. The way they're playing at the moment, Sydney might not. Sydney might have a top two spot sewn up, you know. So they might not really yeah. care all that much. They might, you know. I think Kennedy's going to be out, so they could rest if you. Richmond have everything to play for. That could be their grand final, you know. So 
I'll tell you what, I'm going to vomit if Geelong finish second. I just can't believe they're still up there doing what they do. It's just driving me crazy. I think they're probably the worst side in the top six, to be honest. Mm. But, you know, maybe they are... I mean, they did the same a couple of years back when they won their last flag. I mean, they just got over the line. Everyone sort of wrote them off saying, you know, they're getting lucky, they're winning by, you know, a kick with a minute left. And they're doing the same this year. Who knows? I mean, all they need to do is win that first final, um, get the week off, and then suddenly they're in a prime position to make another grand final. Absolutely. I guess it's sort of going to be derailed for them a little bit because they're they're probably going to come up against Hawthorne. Most likely Geelong's going to finish second. Hawthorne will finish third now. And, um, yeah, so any home ground advantage will be negated by that. And... uh, yeah, they do have a pretty good record against Hawthorne, to be fair. <laughs> I don't think they don't they, think they're they going to they, they, yeah. they're gonna beat Hawthorne. What I find funny is that the city beat them by 110 points. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah. right. You know, and I remember watching that thinking that, I mean, that they'll make the eight, but they'll probably just finish sixth or seventh, you know? Like, they're, they're, they're going to uh, fall off, and they just won consistently. Credit but to I them. I think they play with the mindset now of, I don't think they care about the interstate games. As long as they win their bankroll of local Victorian games, um, the interstate games probably don't matter. I mean, what, they travelled, what, four times this year, uh, potentially? So, you know, they can probably just forgo those four games and, and not put in the uh, and the effort and, and make sure they, they get over the line against all their uh, crosstown rivals and uh, they're going to get enough to be in the hunt. Uh, I think that that's how I suspect how it's going, and I think a few Victorian teams uh, sort of come across with that mentality, and uh, you know, but they don't win as many of the, the local derbies as they need to. Uh, cough sort of Essendon playing away, um, but uh, yeah, look, I just I think we're going to finish fifth. That's um, I think if Frio lost to Hawthorne, uh, we were going to grab four spot, but I think um, Frio knocking off the Hawks, um, yeah, I think uh, fifth spot might be out of our our reach now, but I think Frio are, are beatable. It was quite interesting too how um, aggressive they played against Hawthorne in relation to their attack for such a defensively-minded team. They uh, It was a very attacking and high-scoring game and up until half-time. Well, let's leave it there for now, guys. Donnie, thanks for coming back on the podcast, mate. No worries at all. Thanks, thanks for having me. Hope to see you on again soon. Definitely. Rick, as always, buddy. Tango. Cheers, boys. Go Should be exciting. Go to power. And I, someone please post on the forum where I can watch the power game on TV in the Gold Coast, please. That'd be nice. Done. Goes back. Lockwood can unload. Oh, he goes for top. Kick it to there was about four or five.